0: Nope. We don't need to speed up the process. We don't need to nuke this. You know why? Because this is the non-microwave truth. This is the little man that could, the little man that would. I am CL Whiteside. I want you to take a trip down memory lane. Think about yourself as a middle schooler right now. Would you have considered yourself in middle school, so like that age of, let's say, 11 or 14? Would you have considered yourself cool? Or would you have considered yourself corny or lame? What do you think you were? Now, this is going to tie into our first world problem question today. Thinking about Jesus, Jesus as a middle schooler or in that middle school age. This is our first world problem question. Do you think Jesus was cool or do you think he came off as corny to his peers? We know he was one of the coolest dudes to ever do it because he was perfect and he's the son of God. But how do you think he was perceived by his peers? And I just think about when Jesus was 12 years old and his family went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover and Jesus stayed back at the temple. And if you remember this, his family left the Passover, the festival of the Passover, traveling back. I think it's like a whole day. And then they realize, like, you Yeshua? where are you at? I think he's with his friend, uh, his friends, or he maybe he's with some other relatives. And like, no, he's not with me. And then Mary and Joseph have to go back to Jerusalem. And it took them three days, three days to find Jesus. And where was he at? He was in the temple courts, speaking to the people there, listening. And they were just amazed at his wisdom. But I think about his peers, were his peers like, I don't even know where you say, you know, he a little different. He he was off and about. I really do think that his peers would have thought that he was cool. I don't think he was corny. But what do you think? And the reason I say that is because he probably was. I mean, the, the fact that he was so compassionate, so loving, the fact that he was perfect. That's just going to attract people to him. And I, I'm guessing he had a couple of haters. But at that age, it's just like, man, everybody like Jesus. Like, why? He, man, he's just a cool dude. Just a very, very cool dude. But what do you think? I would love to hear from you on Instagram or Twitter or YouTube. This is our first word problem. Was Jesus at that middle school age? Do you think his peers thought he was cool or do you think they thought he was corny? Because I know the people that Jesus was talking to at the temple courts, they were amazed at him. Like this little brother, this little brother got it going on. This, this, how, how old are you again? You only 12? Oh, wow. This is our first word problem, though. Let me know what you think. It is dinner time. The title of our episode today is, I Believe, But... And before we get into that episode, make sure if you're on YouTube, you hit the subscribe button. If you happen to be on Apple or Spotify, wherever you're listening to the podcast at, hit the follow button. Now let's get into our our episode today, man. I Believe, But... And this is an episode that's going to check us Christians, check our wishy-washiness. Because there are so many times we say, like, I believe, but... You know, I just don't understand this. Or I believe, but you sure it says that in the Bible? Or I believe, but I still want to do this because, like, man, I'm young. I'm trying to get it in. I ain't trying to do everything in the Word of God. Like, I believe, but does it really? Does it really say that? There are so many I believe and so many buts that happen to follow that as Christians. So we gotta check our wishy-washiness, 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 and see. What do we understand or or what do we get tied up on so many times? Now, nowhere in the Bible does it say that we have to understand every single thing and every single detail. And I think sometimes as Christians, it can be frustrating because when people ask you really good questions, sometimes it becomes frustrating to say, I don't understand no or be like man i really don't even understand this myself so how can i answer this question or how can i explain this or how can i we start thinking like do i really believe and the first thing i just want to point out comes from Matthew 17 verse 20 it says this is Jesus replying he says because you have so little faith truly i tell you if you have faith as small as a mustard seed you can say to this mountain move from here to there and it will move Nothing will be impossible for you. And just thinking about that, that faith aspect, the gift of faith is free, is free. And it's due to the the grace and the love that, that God showers us with. But when you think about the growing and the nurturing of faith, that excels through intentionality, that excels through The effort that we put in that excels through the environment that we allow ourselves to be in or out of. And the gift of faith is free. But when you have that gift, how are you going to grow or how are you going to nurture your faith? And that's one of those things we can't expect the world to, to teach us or to help us out in that regard. And I just think about television, man. Just just think about what is on television. Back in the day, you know, they used to have those good TV shows with some life lessons on there. Nowadays, all they got is hot garbage and this person doing that and keeping up with them and all these different reality TV shows. that's how I, probably how an old school person sounds. But on some serious stuff, like you can't expect the world to teach us uh, morals. You can't expect the world world to make us or allow us to get closer to the uh, closer to God. It's not a nurturing environment to become a better Christian, to grow our faith. And I just think about TV shows they did have back in the day, like A Family Matter, Matters, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Full House, all those different type of TV shows. And you compare the new Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on Peacock, man, oh my goodness. It's way different than when, when we had Will Smith doing his thing on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. They're trying to put every single societal problem, uh, brainwash us with it. Make so many things normalized that when you look at guys, where are you like, bruh? Nah, this is not it. This is not even close to being it. And that's just one TV show. It's it's a bunch of TV shows that are like that. And I think there are so many things we don't understand, but we accept or we're fine with. And I just give you a couple examples like electricity, electricity. Can you really break that down to somebody? No, you really can't. The pyramids that are in Egypt. Can you break that down? No. You believe it's there, though. I think about believing that there's different types of DNA. We really can't explain so many different things, so many different things. But yet we still believe or yet we still um, accept them for what they are. I think about the fact that I just watched TV or the fact that I can make a video. I can be sitting here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and you can be watching this from anywhere in the world. Like that's mind blowing to me. That is absolutely mind blowing to me. And it's not things that we can understand or truly explain, especially especially the intricacy parts of it. Like it's impossible to do. But with God's word, we get so frustrated at times that we just give up on it. So in this episode, I believe, but we're going to look at the fact of what should we do when we don't understand God's word? And the first thing I'm going to give you five things. The first thing is we got to actually just like study guys where we got to research it we got to we got to dig into it there are so many things that we don't understand and we want to have a better understanding on so we google it we ask people questions we i think about when you meet somebody that you think is cool or maybe somebody you think like oh she bad I'm, i'm trying to get on or you happen to meet a good dude some of us will literally go and research everything about them check all their different social medias we will know so much about that person but that's not something we do with God's word. It's just not something that we do. I think about the fact that there are so many ways for us to, to, to grow in that aspect. So many different avenues, so many different outlets, but those are, that's where I talk about being intentional because that's not something where the world necessarily wants you to find it. Now, every once in a while you get on your social media, and if you've been clicking on the right stuff, you will have the algorithms that pop up and allow you to see different things that want to have your faith grow. But if you've been clicking on some other stuff, you're going to see some uh, big behind women. I'm trying to choose my words carefully with this big behind women on there, or maybe some basketball on there, or maybe somebody popping a pimple on their face, or maybe somebody eating some type of food because you've been clicking on all this different type of food stuff you like, like the algorithms can try to get you and they can even get you sometimes to to looking at the, the Lord's word a little bit more, but. We can be intentional in that regards. All right. The second thing, the second thing we have to realize is that our brains kind of like they only have so much they can hold. The capacity can be limited, especially if we're filling it with hot garbage. We have to realize that we have to realize that. And when we are filling it with hot garbage, the worldly things I should say that creates a bias and that creates a perspective that is, that is contradicting or is in conflict with, with God's word. So automatically when you start to study and you start to look at God's word, if you are being filled by the things of this world, you're going to be reading God's word and you're going to have a bias or negative perspective to it. So that's just something we got to be conscious of and realize for sure. The third thing is when we don't understand, we have to have patience. We have to have patience. So t- So many times we just give up on something so quickly when it's like, just slow down. Have a little patience. Allow God to, to reveal this to you. Allow the Holy Spirit to, to do his thing. And even when we don't understand, you know, I believe, but you know what I'm saying? I got to do what I got to do. Really, when it comes down to it, when we believe, we're obedient. We don't have an excuse when we don't understand to be disobedient to God's word. Like, well, I didn't understand that I'm supposed to keep my dipper and my zipper. So I just went ahead and I did what I had to do because I didn't understand. Like, that's really not a valid excuse. And even if we don't understand, we can still be obedient to God's word. And there are times that we might even not understand the fact that God wants to bless us or open a new door for us. But. When God says, do it, we do it. We don't have to understand. The thing I think about is in John chapter 13, John chapter 13, this is Jesus washing the disciples' feet, washing Peter's feet. And Peter didn't understand this. He's like, dude, don't don't wash my feet, Lord. Like, you shouldn't do this. You should never do this. And Jesus breaks it down to him. And then Peter goes to the extreme, like, well, well wash my whole body then, Lord. Wash the whole body. And Jesus is like, slow down, man. And he breaks it down to him now. But that is a time where, There are times where we don't understand, but that doesn't give us the right to be impatient or to be disobedient or to reject the blessings that that God has given us. You got to let God do what he does and give it in his due time. The fourth thing, we got to ask questions. We have to ask questions when we get into that point of we don't understand. We can't necessarily explain it. We're saying that I believe, but we got to ask questions. We see this in John chapter 16, verse 16. And this is Jesus explaining to the disciples, but he kind of did it in a unique way, especially with his word choice. He didn't necessarily just say, hey, I'm going to die, pay for your sins and then go to heaven. After I rise from the dead, he said in a little while, while you see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. And the disciples like, what in the world does that mean? Like, what is Jesus talking about? Like, I don't understand this. And then Jesus peeped it and he explained it to him. But it comes down to asking questions. And and the way we can ask questions is through prayer. And we're going to talk a little bit about that of a prayer and petition and the power that that has for for each and every one of us. And this is the fifth thing. This is not necessarily the most important thing, but I think this is a thing that we often overlook, often overlook. So make sure you, you think about this when we don't understand things, when we have that mindset of, you know, I believe, but I can't do this or I can't do that. We have to ponder those times in our heart. We have to treasure those times in our heart. And I mentioned earlier that Jesus, when he was a preteen, and he stayed behind, and his parents were looking for him, and then they found him three days later. They, you know, his parents were super confused. Like, you know, I believe you are the son of God, but I don't understand why why you stay here. Like, I don't get it, son. Like, is this? I get it, Lord, but I don't get it. I don't get why he stayed. And something that Mary did is something that we all need to take note of. It says this is this is Luke chapter two. I'm just going to read verse 50 and 51. It says his parents did not understand what he was saying to them because he was like, you know, I had to stay at my father's house and and do what I got to do. And like, I don't I don't get that. It says, but they did not understand what he was saying to him, saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And that's something that Mary did a few times. It talks about her treasure or pondering things in her heart. And that's something for us to take note of. Like we need to keep a log. We need to keep a log of all the times we didn't understand something. All the times when we said, I believe, but man, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't know about this because that log will remind us like, even though we didn't understand and we did it God's way, look at how these things turned out good for us, regardless of us not understanding look at how god blessed us regardless of us not understanding that's just a a true blessing and true testament to everything to everything now when you do the five things above that i just talked about this allows you to do this this is the first one it allows you to know and to trust his teachings if you don't study god's word and you're not in the word you really don't know god's god's word you don't know god's ways but Proverbs 3 verse 5 verse 6 tells us trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight like he will make your path straight because life a lot of times is like a windy road where you're like I don't know if I should go left I don't know if I should go right Eh, matter of fact should I go back but when you trust in the Lord and you submit your way submit to him that allows him to make our, our paths truly straight so along with Knowing along with knowing and trusting God's word, we got to make sure we understand just how he wants us to move. And And a great passage to to look at is John chapter eight, verse thirty one and thirty two. Now, check out the order with this. Check out the order in which God directs us. It says to the Jews who have believed to the Jews who have believed him. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So if you checked out the order right there, it says, hold to my teachings. That's how you become my d- disciple. Then that's how you know the truth. Sometimes we think that we're going to know the truth and then do like a disciple. When in reality is hold true to his teachings. And then the truth gets revealed to you once you are obedient. He drops that understanding on you, that discernment on you. All right. Second thing with this, when when you understand the the five things that i talked about before is, you can have faith in his ways. You can truly have faith in his ways and see others who didn't understand it, but it still worked out great. When you look in God's word, you can view somebody who looks and says, "Man, I don't I don't get it. Like I don't understand it. I believe, but I don't get it, but I'm still going to be obedient." And when you see that in God's word, it gives you it gives you courage to do like them. It gives you the 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 understanding to understand that you're not going to understand everything. And that's okay to do. And it just allows you to be like, you know what? I don't have to understand everything completely. I can still have faith in God's way because I look at his word and I see all the different examples. I see all the different times that he still came through, that he still was an awesome, great God. And the third thing along with this is, man, just rejoice, like rejoice and don't be worried. You know that that statement, I believe, but. That's full of anxiousness. A lot of times it's full of fear. It's full of like, I really don't trust what God is saying. But that rejoice piece is huge because we think we only can rejoice when we completely understand something. But when you rejoice and you it's a present under the tree and you're like, I don't know what it is, but it's something good. That's the type of rejoicing that I'm talking about that we have as Christians. And that's something that we always can can tap into and trust and just understand it rejoice and know that God has an awesome gift, an awesome gift for you, an awesome gift for me. Now, I'm going to read Philippians 4, chapter 4, verse 4 through 9. And this tells us what to do. It tells us exactly what to do. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. It don't say just when you understand or when you do or don't understand. It says rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. How many times are you anxious? Usually you anxious because you don't have an understanding or you're fearful about something or you don't think that that present is going to be a good present. You you just don't know. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition by prayer and petition. So we got to stay in prayer and we got to stay in petition with that with Thanksgiving present your request to god so that's the time that we take that stuff to god especially when we don't understand and just being having a heart of gratitude a mind of gratitude now what would this result in and the peace of god which transcends all understanding the peace of god which trans all understanding what does that do that guards our hearts and our minds in christ jesus then he goes on to say finally brothers and sisters Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Now, think about the things that are listed versus getting frustrated or or anxious about not understanding this or not understanding that. Like, that's a completely different mindset. I'll keep going, though. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me this is Paul or seen in me put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Think about that. The God of peace. You put an emphasis on, Oh, the God of peace. Even though it's a storm, even though it's chaotic, even though we don't understand, we still have a God of peace. Now in this conclusion, I want to, I want to bring this to you and make this point that it's almost guaranteed that there will be a point in time where you say, I believe I believe, but I just don't get God's love for me. Like, I just don't understand God's love for me. And I just want to point out something. the the One of the most important things is that God is love. Like, this really can't be understood, though. This is a super hard concept to try to understand and to fully grasp all the time. But when you get in his word, it can be proved. It's obviously evident. And like I mentioned some of those things before that I know are true, like the TV can go play somebody from a whole nother country. This is evident. This is true. And this is something that I that I can see, especially when I'm digging into God's word. And we got to understand this, too. God's love is actually irrational. It's actually it's actually crazy because every single one of us has done the exact opposite of what he has told us to do. All of us have have cheated on him. All of us have treated him like a fourth class citizen. All of us have placed something above him and none of us can repay him back truly. So that just is something that's super hard to comprehend when you when you think about it like that. And very few things in this world. Like actually nothing in this world can compare to God's love. We try to do it with different analogies and different things, but nothing compares to God's love. So that's another thing that makes it super hard. But to wrap this up, I want to leave you with this. This is from 1 John 4, verse 9 and 10. This is how we know that God loves us. It says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And this is the non microwave truth. Thanks for joining me on this episode of I believe, but think about the buts that we have at times that we want to make it seem like that but is keeping me away from God or from my relationship and and having our, our faith grow and just realize We can eliminate those things. Our faith can excel. Our faith can grow. And God wants to build that relationship with us. Peace punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I am out.